decision. So that means I get the honor of sharing our next passage with, of Luke with you guys today. Uh, I want to be honest with you guys, though, this week has probably been one of the hardest of my life, which isn't that funny that it's right before I'm about to preach in front of all of you. Um, the beginning of the week, my grandfather went into the hospital uh, for a heart attack. He just had a triple bypass about three weeks earlier, and then he went back into the hospital with another heart attack, and it looked bad, and they didn't know what was happening. Um, Thankfully, by God's grace, it was just one of the valves came loose from the triple bypass surgery, and they fixed it, and everything's good, and he's back at home, and he's, he's healthy and, and going good. But later on that week, Ashley's grandfather went to the hospital, and he had cancer, and he, about six months ago, they had, he said he had, had six months to live. Uh, he fell down, broke his hip, and that kind of spiraled it downward, and he passed away two days ago. Um, so that was very hard. And then we found out yesterday, one of the Sunday school teachers at Northwest that Ashley knows and that I know uh, passed away in a hiking accident. Um, And so this week has been very, very hard. But you know what's funny is because I will not be shaken by this. And, you know, an enemy can't hold what's going to happen today. And God, I'm I'm so expectant for what God is going to do this morning. And so whatever you're walking through this week, whether it's terrible like mine, whether you've actually had a good week or it's been, no, it's all right, it's a normal week. Whatever it is, we will not be shaken by where our circumstances in life. Today we are coming to hear from the word of God. Not from me, but from God. And today I expect something great to happen. And so right now I, I want to open up by, by reading the verse of Luke, and I just want to dig right into it. So it says this, While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet the news about him spread all the more so that the crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. So obviously we can see by the inverse, Jesus also saw the importance of prayer, so I thought we would open up in prayer. So let's, let's do that. Jesus, I, I'm just so excited for what you're going to do today. First, God, I just want to lift up um, all the pastors and, and leaders of this church that are at the uh, convention this week. Lord, would you just fill them this week? Would you just bring them back with new vision, new excitement? Lord, would you just build a fire in them that they come back and they're just refreshed and made new? And Lord, for the decision of who's next president of Foursquare, Lord, we trust that in your hands. We know that you are there. You know who's going to be next, and we trust you fully. So we thank you for what you're going to do this week. And Lord, for this, for this sermon today, God, would you open our hearts to be expectant to hear from you? Lord, not from me. Lord, I, I prepared notes, and sure, I have stuff I, I feel like I need to say, but Lord, I, I pray that it's your words, not mine, that your Holy Spirit would speak through me. God, we don't want to hear from me. We want to hear from you. So Jesus, in each of our hearts, would you just show up? Would you speak to us? Would you move in powerful ways? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so we're going to break this down. And the two main verses I'm going to focus on are 12 and 13. Um, there's so much there, and I, I, I think it's so important that we focus on those two. So we're going to read 12 again, and then we're going to go into it. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. So there's, I, I mean, the, the whole verse is covered with just so many important things to look at. But first I want to talk about what leprosy is, for those of you who might not know. It's a contagious disease. It affects the skin. 
you know, and the mucous membranes, it affects that. And then nerves, it causes discoloration, lumps of the skin. Um, and sometimes it even might cause a deform, like deformities and stuff like that. So it's very severe. It's very bad. And so when it says Jesus was in the city, what that probably meant was he was probably on the outskirts of the city. Why can we assume that? Well, because lepers, people with leprosy, were not allowed in the city. They were not allowed to be with other people. They were outcasts. They were isolated. They were alone. Um, they, were, they were too sick. They weren't supposed to do anything. And you're like, why, why was that? Well, because God said so in the Old Testament law. That's what was written in it. And so I want to read that. Leviticus 13, 45 through 46 says, As for the leper who, is in, who has the infection, his clothes shall be torn, and the hair on his head shall be uncovered. And he shall cover his mustache and cry, Unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean for all the days for which he has the infection. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. So here's a man supposed to be like, I'm unclean, I'm unclean, and they're supposed to be outside and, and not with anyone. And man, how lonely and isolated would you feel? For, and it's not even something that you had control over. It's something that happened to you. You got leprosy, and now you're isolated. You're alone. You're by yourself. The only thing I can compare it to is one thing, and it's not a great analogy, but it's an analogy. How many of you guys went to public school in elementary? Any of you guys go to public school in elementary? They used to do these days called lice inspection days. So they would gather all the kids up and inspect your head for lice. And if you had lice, that's you. So I had lice in elementary. They were checking everyone's hair. And I had lice. Probably I got it from someone else. And I remember they sent me to the nurse's office. I couldn't be by anyone. I was all alone. They sent me home and like, you can't come back to school until it's all gone. And so I was isolated. I was gone. And, and it's, that's how that person must have felt. But even worse, probably because it was a lot longer than lice and a lot harder to deal with. Um, but that was, the only, that was the only analogy I could think of for that. <laughs> but we should also know this. It didn't just say he had leprosy, right? It's not like he had a spot in his arm. This man was covered. It said he was covered in leprosy from head to toe. Could you imagine the spots, the discoloration, everything all over his body? This is a, this is a really severe case. We, we read case of leprosy before, but this man was covered. Impossible. He had no hope. But here, but here we have this man who has no hope, who has, who's outcast, who's isolated, who's alone, and he has the faith to walk up to Jesus. And what does he do? He falls on his face before him and says, doesn't ask him, hey, are you the real Messiah? Can you actually heal me? What does he say? He says, no, I know if you're willing, you can heal me. I know you can. He had the faith to say, I know I have no other hope but you, Jesus. You are my only hope. Sorry, I said that earlier. I was practicing preaching to my wife. I was like, you're my only hope, Jesus. And she goes, that reminds me of Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. And I was like, okay, that's... <laughs> so I just thought of that one up on my head. But no, seriously, Jesus was his only hope. That he, he had no one else to turn to. No one else wanted to talk to him. No one else could be next to him. And we need to be encouraged by this because we need to have radical faith like that leper did. That the only person we can have our hope in is Jesus. And we need to radically and say, God, you're my only hope in every circumstance. You're the only one that can change me, the only one that can change things, you're the only one that can heal me in every situation. But isn't it funny? As Christians, sometimes we don't get to that radical point until the very last moment. And then for me, I, that, that's how I function a lot of times, and I hate it because I will say, 
I'll walk it. I, last year, I'll, I'll explain the story. Last year, I, I was walking through a couple months of really severe depression. And I've never been through depression before. And if you have, you'll know what I'm talking about. But it's just where I would not want to get out of bed. And I would not want to move. And I'm like, God, I'm not, like, and it was just this sense of, I don't even know. I just felt worthless. And I was so depressed and I felt terrible. But again, I was working at a church and I just had to hide it. I was like, I can't, I can't do that. I can't, I can't have depression. I got to fight through it. And I would go through this just pushing it away. And sure, I would say, Jesus, I, I need your help. Heal my depression. But what would I do? I would try to fix it myself. I would try to hide it with something else. I would try to fix it on my own circumstances. But really, the reality of the fact is I didn't really put all my hope in Jesus. I thought I could deal with it myself. And until I got to the point of my lowest of lows and I laid on my face and said, Jesus, I need you to heal me of depression. I'm tired of it. You're my only hope. I don't care if people know I'm depressed. I don't care if people see it because you know what? I, I need you to help me and I don't care and I, this is how I'm going to get help. You're my only hope. In my fate, I just laid down it and that's when things started to change for me. And I told people, I said, hey, look, I'm struggling with this. And, and that's when things started to shift. Until we get to that point of radical faith and saying, Lord, we need you completely. We're not trying to fix our mess ourselves. We're not trying to fix this ourselves. We have complete faith in only you. That's when things start to change. The leper had that faith. His only hope was Jesus. He had no other way, no person to turn to. And he said, I need you to heal me. I know you can if you're willing. So I want to look at uh, the next part. Uh, we're going to look at 13, verse 13. So I'm going to read that again. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Wow. <laughs> immediately the guy covered with spots from head to toe, all bumps. And could you imagine everything just gone? I can't, like, I'm just trying to picture seeing that. It's someone with that disease and it's just gone. Clean. Our God is amazing. Our God is amazing. And, I, and I, don't want to, I want to spend a little bit of time on this because Pastor Dan has been talking about this for the past couple of weeks, the authority that Jesus has. And you see it here again and again and again, the authority. He said two words, be clean, laid his hands on him. And from head to toe, the man with leprosy all over, completely, immediately healed. Man, the authority of our, of our God. The authority of Jesus and that we have through him. We need, to, we need to keep our eyes on that. We need to keep our minds on that. Pastor Dan keeps talking about it. And it's for a reason because we can see it. But here's the real crazy part. He touched him. He touched him. He lay, and we talked about this two weeks ago, the importance of laying on the hands. But it wasn't just that. He touched the untouchable. The person that you're never supposed to touch. And he knew the law. Right? Jesus knew the Old Testament law. And he didn't criticize the leper for coming up to him. Oh, you can't come up to me? And he didn't do that. He knew the law, though. He didn't, he didn't criticize the leper for not being like, unclean, I'm clean, unclean, and presenting himself unclean. What did he do? He didn't see the disease. He saw the heart. He saw the heart of the leper. He saw the heart and the desperation and the need for a savior. And for a healer. And that is what Jesus saw. And that brings me to the whole main point of my message. And today we're only focusing on 12 and 13 because 
I think this is an important part, that Jesus isn't afraid of your mess. He's not afraid of your mess when you walk in here. And you know, I, <laughs> he sees your heart. And so many times in my life, I've had messy situations. I've had messy things in my life, and I've just tried to deal with it. And I've tried to be like, I can't be, I'm a Christian. I can't have this mess. But Jesus isn't afraid of it. He wants it. Just like the leper, he wants your mess. He's not afraid of it. He sees your heart, and he wants, he is willing this morning. I have an illustration um, of this from... My mom, actually. Uh, growing up, my mom had this friend who, um, she's now passed away from cancer. I hate cancer. But she's passed away. Um, but she was a really good friend of my mom's, and she had a couple kids. And we used to go over there a lot when I was a kid and just over the summer. And why we would go over there is because my mom would help her clean her house. And why would she do that? Because she was a hoarder. Um, she had clothes all the way up the wall, like, and, and just, pa- and there's a little path walking through every room. Like, it was bad. Like, it, have you ever seen that show, Hoarders? They have a show about it. Like, that's what it was. It was bad. And my mom would go over there summers. Hi. It's my baby. <laughs> my mom would go over there during the summers and say, hey, let me help you. And they would spend weekends after weekends after weekends cleaning up her house, getting in order. And she helped her clean it up. And I would be over there, I'd be either helping or I would go play with the kids in the backyard. Um, There's a lot of good memories with it. And then, you know what would happen the next summer? We'd go back, be right back the same way. But guess what? My mom helped her clean it up again and again. And you see, my mom's heart for her friend is Jesus' heart for you. She keep, my mom didn't care. She didn't care that she kept bringing mess. She loved her. She saw her. She knew who she was. And she's like, I'm willing. I'm going to take your mess. I'm going to clean it up again and again and again. And that's Jesus' heart for us. Isn't that amazing? He doesn't care about our mess. He doesn't care how much we care. He doesn't care. We keep messing up. He does care. He doesn't want us to mess up. But if we come to him and we fall on our face, say, Jesus, I know you can help me. I know you can heal me. I know you can fix me. And you'll be willing. And I believe some of us in this room have walked in here with a really messy life. Really messy life going on. Regret, shame, depression, family issues, anxiety, like my week, like things like that going on in your life, outside circumstances, what do you name it? Some of you in here are walking through a really messy life. But as you can see, like in the leopard story, Jesus isn't afraid of all that. He isn't afraid of your mess. Jesus wants your mess. He wants your life this morning. And for me, this can mean two ways. And some of you are like, well, I've already I've repented and I've gave my life to Jesus and my sins are forgiven. But even as a Christian, and I'll get to a little bit more about my story in a little bit. We tend to hide things. We tend to walk in here like, oh yeah, I go to church and, and you're awesome, but no one can see it. And you've gotten so good at hiding and stuffing your mess away to be like, oh, I don't have any. I'm perfect. Because you feel like that's what we have to do. I'm not blaming you. That's what we feel like we have to do, but it's not true. Satan wants us to stuff it. Jesus wants it. 
He wants our mess. He wants us to, he doesn't want us to hide it. He wants it out in front of us saying, Jesus, take this, help me. And some of us in this room who've never given your life to Jesus, you're just walking in mess and you're like, I, I'm not worthy enough. I've been walking in mess my whole life. How am I going to live this Christian life? But Jesus wants your mess too. And until you give it to him, nothing's going to change. I'm going to, First uh, John 1, 9 says this. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. What Jesus did for us on the cross changed everything. It changed everything. He took away our sin, our mess, everything, and he died for it. He, he gave it, he, he's like, I, I don't know why you're hiding it. I don't know why you're carrying it. Yet, as Christians, we still want to carry our mess. We still want to hide everything. We still want to try to do it on our own. But Jesus is saying, don't hide it. I died for it. I died for what you're going through. I died for your messy life. And living life as a human being is messy. And we need to walk that Jesus paid for it all because he did. We shouldn't be doing this alone. From, so I'm going to go in a little bit of my life. I grew up a Christian, um, Christian home, Christian family. Um, my parents divorced. They got remarried, and both sides were Christians. So was, I was around a lot of Christians growing up. But I wouldn't say I really accepted myself until I was in high school. Um, you know, there was a part of me that just walked through it and like, yeah, I'm a Christian, I believe, but until I really fully took on the gospel was in a, when I was in high school. And with that, I was growing up as a Christian. And then finally following him in high school, there was this, just I talked about it earlier, this expectancy that I had to be perfect. That my life has to be this way because I'm a Christian. My life has to be golden and pure and I have to be following Jesus and I can't have many slip-ups. So there I am, a high school boy, 15 to 17 years old, trying to walk with Jesus, trying to live for Jesus, and trying to get rid of all this mess without anyone knowing that it's there. And like most high school boys, you know, I was struggling with pornography. My confidence was so low. I had no confidence, but I, I wouldn't let anyone know it. I was struggling. I was struggling. And I just like, no. And it felt like I was living two lives. A life where I wanted to follow Jesus and a life with my mess. But in my mind, it couldn't be together. It had to be separate. We had to keep it separate. And I was trying to stuff it and be on my own, but it didn't change until I wasn't afraid of my mess anymore. I wasn't afraid to give it to Jesus. Until I realized, you know what, being a Christian is a little bit messy. Jesus wants to come in with our mess and make us clean. And until I realized that, until I stopped trying to hide it, until I confessed to people, hey, look, I'm struggling with pornography. Hey, look, my confidence is really low. I, I can't even picture myself hitting a baseball. Hey, look, I, I, all these things. Until I realized and I said, you know, I'm tired of living this way. I'm tired of doing this alone. When I did that, that everything changed in my life. Everything started to move forward. Because I don't care 
if people see my mess. Because like I said before, Jesus died for my mess. And, you know, and here's the part about life. So I start, I start, I do, I start walking with the Lord better. And I started living, I started moving forward in my faith because I, I realized this and I, I started to break these things. But then life goes on and there's more things that happen. It doesn't just stop there. It's not a one-time deal. It's not, oh, well, you fix these things. Now you're going to be perfect the rest of your life. No. I went to college at Grand Canyon University and the Lord called me to, um, the Lord the Lord called me into ministry there, and I never thought about ministry in my life. I was sitting in their worship at Grand Canyon University. They, they were doing worship thing there, and I was like, I was doing engineering. I was on the path. I was already almost full, full year done, and he's like, ministry. One word. And I was like, okay. And I did it, and I dropped everything, and I went to Northwest Church, and I interned under Andy for two years, and then I became the high school pastor there, and I started doing these things in my life. But you know what? When I became a high school pastor... That's when the depression hit. It hit me hard. It hit me hard, and there was things in my life that came back up, and that's when, I, that's when all that happened. And that's when I stopped hiding things again, and that's where I forgot about, hey, messy life and Christian life. I started making them separate again. It's just something in my brain that says I, I, it can't happen. And my depression, like I said before, it broke when I finally let go of that again. And I said, hey, look, Jesus, would you take my depression? You're my only hope. I can't do this without you. And so this is a constant fight in life. This is something we have to do constantly. But when we come to him, Jesus is willing. Jesus is willing to take everything, all of our mess, all of our sin. All of, and that's why I love worship today. That last song, Oh, come to the altar. My Father's arms are open wide with forgiveness. Forgiveness. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter your hidden life or your visible life. It doesn't matter what you're going through. You go to the Father and he is willing to make you clean again. Over and over and over again. And this morning, there's probably some of you in this room that have a messy life, that have mess going on. And this morning, I believe God wants to powerfully speak to you, powerfully clean you, powerfully have an experience. And it might be uncomfortable. But this morning, I believe God wants to do something special here at Life Spring. He wants to break the chains. Like Ryan said earlier, he doesn't want you picking up the chains and leaving them at the door and then come back in and picking them back up. He wants you to drop those chains today and he wants you to walk out of here free. So with that, worship people, can you come on up? I want to take a moment. Actually, I really feel like we want to do this. Can you just can we all close our eyes for a second? And just I, I don't know why, but I feel like we just need a quiet I I'm I'm okay with awkward silence for a little bit. I just feel like the Holy Spirit wants to speak something to some people in this room. So let's just be quiet for a second and just be open to what God wants to say.
Holy Spirit, right now, I just pray that you would speak to our hearts. Those of us who are lonely, those of us who are hopeless, give us hope. Those of us who are depressed, give us joy. Those of us who are anxious, give us peace. I really feel that this morning, I feel like there's some of you in here that God is saying you've been anxious so much in your life. You've been so worrisome and, and, and everything, you're trying to figure out everything and you're just so anxious. And right now this morning, God's saying, I want to offer you peace. I am the Prince of Peace. I want to offer you peace this morning. Thank you, Jesus. So like I said before, I want to give us a moment to respond. To respond this morning to Jesus who wants our mess. To a Lord who is so forgiving and loving and faithful. A man, Jesus, who didn't mock a man for coming up to him with leprosy, but saw his heart and not his disease. To a God who sees our heart and not our failures and not our mess and not our mistakes. Some of us have been Christians for a long time in this room, a lot longer than me. You've been through a lot. You've been up and down a lot. You've been through, <laughs> you've been through mess and you've been out of mess. But this morning, I still believe there might be even some of you that have been Christians for so long and you love the Lord deeply with your whole heart. But there's mess in there. There's mess in there. And this morning, that mess is offered to be taken away by Jesus and be made clean. And some of you in this room, I believe, have never given their life to Jesus before. I do believe there's a couple of you in this room that have never said yes. And if you have, it's been a really long time ago and you kind of forgot about it and didn't really follow it. And today Jesus is saying, give me your mess and I will change your life. You will have a hope. You will have joy. You will have peace in situations where it makes no sense. How do I have peace? How am I up here speaking right now? With all the stuff that happened in my life this week, that's Jesus. That's Jesus. So if that's you this morning, if you feel that tug on your heart, you feel like God's speaking something new to you, here's what I want to have happen. I want you to come forward. There's a little bit of room here. There's a little bit of room here. There's a little bit of room here. There's aisles. I, it's messy. That's life. But I want you to come up, and I, and I want you to give your mess to our Father. And whatever way that looks like, if that means you're on your knees, if that means you're standing, if that means you're sitting on the ground, if that means you're praying out loud, that means you're praying in your head, whatever that looks like to you, this is between you and Jesus. And an opportunity he's giving you to give him your mess. So we lay our mess down at your feet this morning, Jesus. And Lord, I pray right now, before we go into response. Holy Spirit, would you just come in the room right now? Would you fill it with your presence? Would you fill it with your power? Lord, when people come forward, would they see your face? Would they experience your love? Would they experience the forgiveness that you offer, the freedom that you took on that cross? Jesus, for those of us who've been walking in a mess and feel guilty and shame, would that fall off of them like chains? Fall off of them. And Jesus, right now, I, 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 there's, my life's messy right now. 
And Lord, I need you to take my mess. Lord, I need your, I need your power. I need your hope. Lord, I have my only hope is in you. Take my mess this morning. And Lord, for any of us in this room, Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit would just twist their hearts and make them come forward and, and just they would experience you in a new radical way this morning. So Lord, as we respond, would you move in the only way that you can move?